and welcome to Stereo City. I am your host, Marco Kubani D'Onofrio, and much like the rest of the world, we are operating and doing things a little bit differently these days. I'm going to introduce the crew, and then we're going to talk about everything that's going on in the world and in Italy. Daniel Donato Grassi. How's everybody doing today? We're okay. This is a little bit, little bit strange. A little bit strange, boys. Yeah, it's it's a different time in the world, to say the least. Anthony Sports Caddy Lapopolo. I think we're doing the right thing, though. Government has told us to to basically stay at home, like many other countries across the world, and uh, this is our new reality. I think for the next few weeks. I hope I'm wrong, but I, I think it might even be the next few months. But this is our new reality, and, and like the rest of the world, we will be doing our best to deliver coverage um, as best we can because in these uncertain times, we really don't know what to prepare or what to expect for. But all we can do is continue to try to entertain the world and continue doing what we love, and we hope everybody is at home staying safe and doing what they love as well. Let me bring in the dream team of production because – We've got a loaded team that help us put this show together every single weekend without producer Bozy. Hey, what's going on? Without producer Gizmo. Yo, what up? We're just, uh, we're in the studio. Intern and I, we got, uh, we had to shuffle around some hardware and some software, but uh, everything's all right, man. Happy to be back. You're being way too kind to yourself. Yeah, come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's Marco the intern. Yeah, finally back on the mic. It's been a while, boys. There's never any space for me in the studio, so (laughs) it sucks that that, it it has to be in a time like this, but still happy to be back, and uh, yeah. It's awesome having you back on the mic, and it's awesome talking to all you guys, and without the production dream team, we couldn't do any of this stuff, so... um, we, we are all hands on deck and, and we are working our best to make this happen. So thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I think today's discussion um, really doesn't need an introduction because we know what's uh, what's happening in the world today. And unfortunately, we continue to see Italy being hit. Uh, we've seen the entire world get hit, but Italy reporting more deaths than China. And in particular, northern Italy, just absolutely um, some terrible scenes. And Bergamo... We are praying for you. We're praying for all of Italy. It's it's just crazy to see what we've seen. And a couple of weeks ago, we saw Atlanta reach the quarterfinals in the Champions League for the first time in their history. And we should be talking about what a great time it is to be from the region. And unfortunately, that simply is not the case right now. Yeah, Bergamo being one of the hardest hit town cities in all of Italy right now. Atalanta themselves, they're in self-isolation because... Not because someone tested positive on on the team, but because um, Valencia, who they they played in the Champions League, has a few players, has a few cases, um, so they're taking all the necessary precautions. And right now, football, sports doesn't really matter. But you look at just how much of a 180 this has been uh, for the city, riding high for the last uh, couple of years with with this wonderful Atalanta team that came out of nowhere and uh, was really set to achieve, I think, something special uh, before all of this happened. And now it's uh, it's it's just uh, about remaining a tight-knit community and doing what they can to protect the people in the city itself. So it's a holding pattern right now. And it's, uh, it, you know, every day it seems like it's getting worse. Now, Gross, I've got some questions for you because 
The government's officially suggested April 4th. No teams should be meeting up before then um, to prepare to start training. And uh, to be honest, I think it's going to be a lot longer than that. We, we know Napoli and Lazio really want to get back to training. De Laurentiis and Lotito actually ordered that they'll start training again next week. We're seeing players fleeing the country. Today, Douglas Costa left. We've seen Gonzalo Higuain leave. Um I mean, what do we do here? Um, does the government have to get more strict with the orders? Why are these teams, players, allowed to get away with things that the normal public shouldn't? Is it just in case of, you know, some people have more money than others and money doesn't talk? It swears. Yeah, I think the privilege is really showing right now. I mean, the average person isn't able to go and see their family if they're in another country. Um, I know Higuain is being reported that his mom is very ill which is why he left to go to Argentina to see her. Um, and I wish her nothing but the best. I hope she has a speedy recovery. And obviously, it's something serious, especially because it's your mom. But at the same time, it's one of those things where if the average person, if it was if it was happening to one of our neighbors or somebody that we worked with, I don't know if they would have been able to go and leave the country to go see a sick you know, family member. Um, for example, my grandfather, his niece has coronavirus in Italy. It was one of the first cases um, in our town in Frosinone in Casino. She hasn't been able to talk to her husband for two weeks now. She's been in isolation for two weeks. None of us know what's going on. You know, our family calls Italy every day to find out more information. We haven't been given anything. So on a personal standpoint, I can see how frustrating it is. Unfortunately, I, it's the time that we're in. Um, it's a very scary time. I guess, you know, people that have privilege are going to be able to do more things than the average person is going to be able to do. I guess as long as the, the players get permission from the team. I know Higuain asked Juve if he, he could leave um, and they gave him the okay, which I guess is fine if it's within the rules and within the, you know, whatever they set out. But at the same time, it's very scary. Who knows who he's been exposed to? Who knows who the team has been exposed to? Obviously, Daniele Rugani has it. So everybody's been exposed to him. He sat on the bench for the Inter-Juve uh, match. So not only the 22 players get exposed to it, but also the managers, the staff that works inside the stadium, which then goes on to you know the people that they see. So it's like a dominoes effect, right? And I'm just reading online here, and it's saying that Italy reports over 6,500 new cases today, over 790 deaths in one day. Obviously, I'm not 100% sure if these numbers are correct, but it seems like in Italy, we're getting hit worse than anywhere else. And every day, somebody that we know might know somebody that's passing away. So it's a very scary time. I mean, we're all in isolation. We usually do this show together. We're all in five different spots right now, so that just goes to show what kind of severity is going on right now. Yeah, scary times indeed, and, and, and to be fair, I mean, whether those numbers are correct or not, I mean, they're changing every second, every minute anyway, so um, we really are talking about uncharted territory here, and, and in turn, I'm going to ask you, I mean, what's the rush? Napoli lots who want to get back to training next week. We don't even know when this season, if this season's ever going to get back off the ground anyway. So why do you think, you know, Lotito De Laurentiis are so adamant that their players get back get back to the training grounds and allowed to train as usual? Well, I think you kind of alluded to it earlier. It's uh, it's all about money, right? Obviously, they're not looking after the well-beings of their players, especially in, in, in Italy. 
a country that's been hit with this virus now. I think it's it, we're almost approaching uh, three weeks uh, since it's it's kind of escalated over there. Uh, it hasn't even been a full month. I think uh, Juve uh, Inter was played on uh, March 8th. And uh, today we're sitting at uh, what, March 21st. So hasn't even been a full uh, three weeks since then. And uh, uh, I don't know what the rush to get back is for. It doesn't make sense to me. You look at every other professional league uh, in Europe, uh, in North America. Nobody's rushing back to, to train and to play. Everyone's kind of just in, in limbo right now. So I, I honestly don't know what the rush is for both Napoli and Lazio to get back. It's quite stupid if you ask me, but, uh, they're the, they're the millionaires, uh, that, that own the team. So I guess, uh, they know best, but, uh, it doesn't seem like they're listening to, uh, public opinion and, uh, health professionals opinion. No, it's, it's irresponsible. And I, and I just want to quickly touch upon a quote from, uh, Manolo Gabbiadini in today's Gazetta della Sport because um, he did test positive for the coronavirus and his quotes are very alarming and it, it speaks to the magnitude and how serious this, this really is. Um, I felt a little rough on Tuesday, March 10th, but didn't think it was the virus. I slept badly that night, felt a little dizzy in the morning, but I didn't feel hot to the touch. I took my temperature just to be safe and it was 37.5, so not really a fever. I called the Sampdoria doctor and my wife suggested we do the test because we have two younger children. By Thursday, I felt absolutely fine, but the doctor called that day to tell me I was positive for the coronavirus. I thought it had to be a joke. I didn't expect this as my temperature dropped back down straight away. This is when I started to reflect on the, this coronavirus. If the doctor had told me to wait just one day before doing the test, I wouldn't have bothered doing it at all as I felt fine. Maybe not thinking I was positive. I'd have gone to the market bought some fruit, and risked transmitting it to an older person with no idea it was happening. That thought torments me. And that thought should torment society because um, he was in a fortunate position that he was able to get tested as quickly as he was and just the mere suspicion or the mere notion in his head allowed him to get that test. The general public is not as fortunate. And Grassi alluded to the fact that, you know, it speaks of the haves and the have-nots. And do you think this is a problem that's a lot bigger than, you know, a grand, I mean, we're talking about a pandemic, so we know how big it is, but maybe some that, especially younger people, don't realize it's as serious as it really is. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing it uh, across North America where a lot of, um, you know, a lot of teens and, and people in their 20s are not really taking this seriously, heading out to beaches, partying. It's not really registering with them they think if they get it you know no big deal we'll recover but it, that's not really the point the main point is that these people could be spreading it to more vulnerable people and you know italy is one of the hardest hit countries i think because it has a vulnerable population um one of the oldest populations in the world behind japan i believe and it's just a perfect storm and when we talk about you know who can and cannot get tested in Italy, I think, you know, at least it seems like they're testing more aggressively than in other countries, um, partly because they had to, um, they had to respond to this crisis. But uh, you're not seeing the same in countries like the US, um, one of the richest countries in the world and uh, an everyday person, it, it's you have to clear all these obstacles just to get to a test. Um, whereas you see a lot of these NBA teams, um, they have easy access, they can pay private companies uh, to, to do these tests. And, um, you know, it, it's a little bit easier for them to, 
to receive these results. I think that's where the problem lies on our side of the pond, who can get access to these tests. But the, the only thing right now that everyone can do is is just take precautions and uh, just do just do their best to limit uh, contact with other people. Now, we were asked a question uh, on Twitter or in a DM about what we would like to see or how we would like to see the season play out. And, and I'll get your thoughts on this too, but Gross, I want to ask you first. At this point, one, do you think it's possible that the season does get concluded? Um, and two, is it still way too early to make a decision on how it gets played out, um, given that there's still so many uncertainties um, as to when they'll be able to start playing again, when teams can really start training again, and you know when life will reflect any sort of normalcy once again? Well, if these numbers keep continuing to rise, we're not anywhere near being able to play, especially in Italy. At this point, I think it's too early to say. I think... Right now, everybody just needs to stay in isolation. Uh, we need to be able to get, you know, a hold of what's going on. In terms of football and even sports in general, like we know the NBA is trying to figure out what they're going to do. All the other leagues have paused and stopped. That should all be secondary right now. I don't really think it matters whether we finish the season or not. You know, but since I guess we're in the business of talking about it, it's really unpredictable at this moment. I mean, they did switch the Euro to next year. For us to be able to finish this season, maybe we have a reduced schedule. I'm not really a big fan of the proposed uh, playoff format, especially because you have really two teams that are really running away with it at this point. It's not really fair if maybe the fourth or fifth or sixth place teams that are 20, 30 points behind the two people in front can potentially win this Scudetto with this playoff format. I mean, at this point... They should just cancel the season and start thinking about next year and thinking about what they can do in order to, you know, reimburse the fans, uh, reimburse the teams that are losing money. Um, I guess see, reimburse the players that may not be getting paid at this point. Does it really matter if we finish this season, to be honest? Just in the record books, it just be null and void like it was during the war. Like, that's it. What are you going to do, really? Yeah, there there are a couple of issues here. Actually, more than a couple. I mean, um, yeah, I agree with Grassi. Like, you can't suddenly turn the the, the championship into a playoff. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. I think the only competition that could be changed in some way is the Champions League and Europa League, switching them to to one off games in, in the quarterfinals and semifinals, just because that competition is already in a knockout format so you're not really changing the integrity of the competition but um to do that for a, a championship where you play every team twice it, it just doesn't work uh, you might as well cancel the season if that's what you're going to do but even with the euros being postponed um, there's no guarantee that the league will pick up in may june and and finish before the start of next season or even give players enough time to prepare for the next season my concern is that the next season is affected or pushed back in some way, and then you're just seeing a domino effect, which could affect, uh, you know, Euro 2020 being played in 2021. So it's just right now it is unpredictable. The other thing too is that you have to get the broadcasters on board. Uh, I'm not sure how much money they would have to pay if they broke these contracts uh, with, you know, Sky and uh, whomever because they paid a certain amount of money to show a certain number of games. 
And um, if that doesn't happen, uh, I'm sure there's going to be, you know, I would, I would hope, I would hope that there'd be some compassion here, but you know, if those games cannot be played, you know, you might run into a legal situation. That's why I think uh, once it's safe to do so, I think they will try to play some of these games behind closed doors. I think that's the only solution uh, besides canceling the season outright. But the other thing is, and something that actually Genoa brought up yesterday that they were talking about was a lot of contracts expire June 1st, or a lot of loan deals expire on June 1st. So if games are to be played in the summer months, a lot of things are going to be have to re, have to be renegotiated. June 30th. June 30th, sorry, July yes. 1st. July 1st. So again, though, if, if you're not able to start this season, and chances are, I mean, I, I, I can't see it taking place before at least mid-May, if not the end of May. So I think you're going to have to run into July if you want to play the season out. And if that's the case, how does that all happen? We also know that there's um, some differences between what UEFA wants and what the leagues want. UEFA yeah. was arguing for Europa League and Champions League games to be paid, played on the weekend. And obviously the leagues aren't very happy about that. So I think there's there's a lot of moving pieces here and, and a lot of parties that you've really got to make happy and I, I just I don't know and I don't see how um, that's going to be done right now I just don't see this closure could also be if we put it only in a positive perspective for these sports shutting down right now we have the issue of World Cup in 2022 where it's going to be played in the winter right so how about we reschedule everything so that the break in the winter for the World Cup doesn't disrupt everything else? So then once the World Cup season year is over in 2022, we can go on with our regular schedule. So why don't yeah, we help point. fix that now? So then this way we can start next year earlier. So then there's a rest for the Euro Cup or they can push the Euro Cup a little bit earlier. So then this way we can start the following season earlier. So this way there could be potentially, let's just say, a two-month break for the World Cup. And then we can still finish in June. And then the following season in 22-23, we start when we're supposed to start the last week of August, first week of September. Like we can make this whole shit epidemic into something and schedule it into something positive only for sports. That's that's actually a good point. Obviously, everything else is a complete negative. You know, it's affecting people mentally, emotionally, socially, financially. That nothing we, we can change, obviously. But this we can change or this that we can help fix. So how about we, we already know that World Cup 2022 was already a disaster. It should never have been awarded to who it got awarded to. Right. So let's make the most of it and fix the schedule so then everybody can play and everybody and players don't get hurt. Because obviously, if you're going to be playing every two, three days, you're going to be more prone to injuries. Teams might lose championships and money because of players being injured. So why don't we just schedule it out and free up the time to get everything done in an effective way? Yeah, I think that's actually a very good point. And I think this whole situation is going to require some of that outside-of-the-box thinking. And I think it's also going to require a lot of concessions. And in the world of football and in the world of Serie A, that doesn't happen very often. Um, but I think everyone's going to have to kind of be the bigger man a little bit and say, yeah, this this isn't ideal, but this is the situation where we've been dealt and this is how we're going to best manage um, going forward. And, and I think, Anth, you brought up a good point about empty stadiums. Chances are... We're going to see games played in empty stadiums 
for a long while, even yeah. when life does start to go back to normal a bit. I, I can't imagine advertising or, or having stadiums of 20, 30, 40, 50, 60,000 people um, being a good idea. It just doesn't make much sense. No, it doesn't make sense. And, you know, even, you know, we're talking like even when the next season starts, you know, these precautions, nobody really knows when uh, we'll resume normal play. But I wonder if every competition has to follow a certain protocol. This is a question that I just have in general uh, for UEFA. If every single competition uh, in Europe has to act uh, the same way in accordance with each other, like does if, say, for example, Serie A decides to cancel uh, the rest of the season, declare it null and void, do the rest of the leagues have to do that? Or can it be... Uh, a case-by-case basis i would hope that it is the latter Uh, i mean just because of the way this virus is spreading it's not really it's indiscriminate it's not really equally spread across the across the continent across the globe um so you have some countries like italy who are harder hit you know maybe england you know for example with liverpool running away with the title i'm sure they wouldn't appreciate if the if the league was declared null and void but Especially after 30 years. Exactly, right? They waited 30 years to be crowned champions of England, right? Again, so... But that might be a situation where if they do decide to cancel the rest of the season, maybe all 20 Premier League teams would be in agreement and say, okay, you know what, like Liverpool, they're the runaway leaders, you know, they deserve the title. We'll cancel the season, but award them the title. But even then, it's not the same. Uh, I don't think, you know, Liverpool fans and i don't think that the players would would feel uh in a particularly celebratory mood uh even after ending such a long wait so i think you know i'm rambling here but basically there's no right answer right now the situation is too fluid and uh you know i don't think we're gonna see any concrete plans for another month or so yeah because you're right and uh... Look, Liverpool is clearly the Premier League champions and will clearly win regardless of how, uh, I mean, if, if the season were allowed to play out. But the problem is, even if you crown them champions, for them, will it really yeah. feel like you won a championship if, if you're not allowed to celebrate at Anfield and you're never allowed to hear that you'll never walk alone and you don't get that guard of honor for the remainder of the season? Like, there's just so much um, lost, and, and it really, really is unfortunate. And intern, I'll ask you right before we wrap up, what about the rest of the races? I mean, I know we're talking about the crown um, at the top and the Scudetto winner or the championship winner, whatever the case may be. But what about the teams at the bottom? What about the teams fighting for European spots? What what do you do with those spots? And what do you do with that? Because do you just end it now? Uh, Do you just say who's in fourth gets Champions League? Who's not? I mean, considering the the season really hasn't been balanced. I mean, some teams might've played better teams. um, Other teams might not have yet. It's just, there's so many questions and so many things still to decide. And that's where it becomes challenging. Like you said, um, you look at the top four spots uh, in the table right now with uh, Atalanta and Roma only three points uh, separating between fourth and fifth. Does that, uh, if the season ends today or the season just is, is null and void, does Atalanta get that Champions League money and Roma misses out? And, you know, you look at how that affects the uh, relegation teams as well, right? And, you know, I know Brescia is pretty much down there at the bottom. I think you can safe to say they'd be heading down to to Serie B, but 
you know, you look at uh, Lecce, for example, they're tied on points with Genoa, but Lecce is sitting in the 18th spot. And, you know, you got to look at how that affects the teams in Serie B that are going to come up for promotion. So it's definitely not easy. But at the end of the day, if they can't finish the season, there's always going to be uh, teams that are going to be upset. And you're not going to make everyone happy, but you want to come to an agreement where, you know, majority of the teams in the league uh, think it's the right decision and 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 move forward with it. But uh, I think whoever wins championships in in any of the leagues, whether it's soccer, whether it's uh, the sports over here in North America, like the NBA, the NHL, there's always going to be an asterisk uh, beside anything that's won because you know the season was most likely cut short, and there's always going to be that little. And it's not so much a stain, but there's always going to be uh, it's always going to be noted. I feel. Uh, for whoever wins. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I mean, everything we're talking about is is meaningless, to be honest with you, when we see what's going on around the world. I mean, um, at the end of the day, does it really matter who gets crowned the Scudetto winner? Does it matter who gets relegated? Um, if there's nobody there to celebrate and enjoy it to begin with, because football really is nothing without fans. And um, right now, we're all on the same team and we're all supporting the same cause and um, hopefully sooner than later we can get back to arguing about um, who's the best team on the land and and who's really struggling and which players we hate and which one Gross wants to slide tackle but (laughs) at at the end of the day I mean right now we're we're fighting for um, for this all to go away and for us to be able to live our lives like normal so um, if you are listening at home please stay safe Please be careful, especially if you are living um, with people who might be particularly vulnerable to this disease. Um, because, um, as Gabbiadini warned, you could be positive for it and, and not have any clue. So that's why social isolation is so very, very, very important right now. We are going to try doing this once a week, and we are going to try to continue updating you and, and talking. One, because it's what we love to do, um, and two, hopefully it helps us helps keep us all sane while we are in self-isolation and while we are at home. So um, thank you very much to listening to this unique and very different episode of Stereo City App. But um, one of the things I've loved about doing this show over the last decade is that um, we've been able to do shows in difficult times and in great times. And each and every one speaks to the unique nature and the unique settings and the times that we live in. So um, chalk this up to being just another special and unique circumstance um but i have been your host marco kubani d'onofrio as always donato g sports caddy i guess i'll chime in buzz (laughs) (laughs) producer gizmo and the intern boys stay safe i woke up this morning with the sundown shining in found my mind in a brown paper bag but then I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high I tore my mind on a jagged sky I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in